Hey, hey, welcome aboard. This is pod number five of what a great Army-Navy week uh, is all about. Podcast, guests, good sports talk. Joining me is Ward Carroll. Also joining me is our special guests, Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol and also Chris Cervello producing. Fantastic pod today. We're so happy to be joined by Nate Connor, class of 99, uh, and one of the sponsors of the pod through Academy Consulting. Also, Vice Admiral retired Mike Miller, former superintendent of the U.S. Naval Academy, and also broadcasting legend Keith Mills to talk about how great the rivalry is. So without any further ado, let's get right to it so that you can concentrate on beating the hell out of Army tomorrow. This is Sing Second Sports. Stick with us after this break. We'll have one of our guests. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at WeSingSecond. That's at WeSingSecond. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, we're back. We really are honored to be joined on the podcast now by friend of the pod, really friend of local sports for years and years and years. Um, I would call him sports broadcasting legend, Keith Mills. Uh, Keith would only uh, insist that you call him Keith, uh, but Keith is now uh, integrally involved in uh, the Naval Academy sports story. Um, So Keith, why don't you tell the Sing Second Sports um, group, you know, what your take is on the game, not only this one coming up, uh, but what the rivalry means writ large oh, to you. Oh, I'm, I'm going to sound redundant and I'm going to steal some lines from uh, Kenny Matalolo and Cam Kinley and certainly some of the players who are taking part in the game on Saturday. It is truly America's game, the greatest rivalry in all of sports in America uh, for a variety of reasons, which I'm sure you guys have documented, you know, men and women all over the all over the country, all over the world, who uh, served in the military will be hunkering down on Saturday, whether in front of their computers or their uh, TVs on ships, uh, tents, uh, Humvees, wherever they are, to find out about this football game. It's, um, it, it's, a, it's a symbol, guys, of everything I think that's great about the country, the men and women who commit to the service academies, who go to Army and Navy uh, as both students and athletes that, that, that basically uh, sacrifice a lot of their, um, um, you know, young adulthood where, where you know, uh, a lot of their friends are, are doing things they're not. So um, uh, from a football perspective, I grew up uh, just about 20 miles from the Naval Academy. Uh, I went to a lot of games when I was younger uh, with my godfather uh, Saturday afternoons at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. Um, fell in love with everything great about the academy. Fell in love with the mission. And uh, I just think it is an honor to be a small, small part of the game through the Navy broadcast uh, radio network. But uh, thrilled to be heading up to West Point. Never been up there. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for you to see a game in Mikey. Um, I, I really find Mikey Stadium to be one of the the nicest venues out there, um, r- right along with like the University of Washington football field, which is kind of nestled right up on Puget Sound there. 
Uh, you you have called everything uh, from Baltimore Colts games when the Colts were here to you know Chris Cervello and and my beloved Orioles team, which you know continues to break our heart Oof. one Chris Davis <laughs> contract at a time. Um, <laughs> but in terms of like monumental things in your career, where will calling the first Army Navy game to be played at Mikey Stadium since 1943. Where where will that go in your memory in terms of oh. once in a lifetimes? Right at the top of the list. Uh, I've been fortunate to to cover like 17 Super Bowls, both Ravens Super Bowls, the last Orioles World Series, University of Maryland's uh, men's and women's basketball championships, and and last year in Philly when I was fortunate enough to be on the sideline that day was right at the top of the list. And I'm trying to prepare myself for what's going to happen on Saturday. But John, this is this is an extraordinary opportunity for me personally uh, to be a part of the greatest rivalry in college sports and all it transcends. So it's right there, buddy. It's right at the top. Hey, Keith, good to see you. Um, Lord, always a pleasure. Normally we would be uh, on the same sideline during the football season. You know, I've been watching Keith on WBAL uh, for a long time. Um, and so we would catch up at home games and compare notes on all kinds of things. Uh, this season, I've been on the opposite sideline, and I've seen you in the stands, yeah. uh, and and uh, haven't had a chance to uh, connect the dots with you in in the usual ways. So, having seen the home games uh, and the performance uh, of the team, what what are you thinking going into this game? They need to remedy, and and what what are your takeaways? Well, to steal a line from Ivan Jasper, uh, if uh, to try to get the quarterback uh, Xavier. Uh, our line involved in the uh, triple option. You know, uh, Joe Miller brought up an unbelievable stat a couple of weeks ago that quarterbacks this year for Navy's football team have only rushed for 150 yards the entire season. And Malcolm Perry uh, would get that in, you know, prefer, in, in, in the Army game last year, he got <laughs> in the first half of the game. Yes, exactly. So, so I think when you cut to the core of the issues this year with Navy's football team, it starts with the triple option part of the option pretty much it's it's only been the uh, the beatbacks with nelson smith and jamel carruthers who've really been consistent from day one so if they can find a way and our line has shown some speed uh you know in the last couple of games he can get outside the edge a little bit like malcolm he can plant his foot and go so hopefully that will transcend in a little bit more of an opportunity um saturday for for navy to exploit a little bit what they can on the army defense on the edges that's been a real struggle so far to get the A-backs involved and the quarterbacks involved in the triple option. And so my last question, what, what do you think, regardless of what happens at the Army-Navy game, where are we postured going into next season? Let's imagine that the vaccine is there and we're back to normal and I'm on the home sideline next year and we've had spring football and regular summer conditioning and practice, et cetera, et cetera. What, what, do, you, what do you think we gotta, uh, gotta do? Is our line the man? Um, are we going to be in good standing to uh, have another good season like last year going into next year? Yeah, I'll defer again to Ivan and Kenny Niamatololo. They love uh, they love Xavier's um, toughness. They love his tenacity. You know, he was a tremendous athlete on Long Island as a lacrosse player as well, and he can get after it. I like his athleticism. A uh, little concerned about his ability to throw the football because I do think in, in the American Athletic Conference, you've got to be able to keep defenses honest with the pass game, but I am really jacked about the young defensive players who have emerged in the last six or seven weeks since, uh, 
you know, uh, Evan Fockman went out. We've seen Mitchell West play outstanding football. Um, um, uh, obviously, Diego Fago will be back next year. John Marshall was at an outstanding last three or four weeks. Uh, um, uh, Nicholas Straw has played real well on the outside. So I think the future defensively, you'll miss Jackson Perkins, obviously, but, uh, you know, Daniel Bernyard, their freshman nose tackle, freshman defensive tackle has played well. So Brian Newberry has his defense playing as good a football as I've seen the last two years, uh, shutting down Tulsa and, and um, Memphis the last two weeks, two high-powered offense. They played really well. So to answer your question, very excited moving forward about the defense. If Xavier can uh, you know, spend a summer, a uh, spring and a summer, really kind of refining the triple option again and getting back to their roots, I think they're going to have a real good football season next year. Yeah, it's good to hear. Well, it's always great to be on with Keith. He and I go back wow. a long way. Uh, you know, we share one of uh, some pride factors here. We're both Anne Arundel County guys who had some success in this sports journalism game. And we're also Towson grads. So uh, we share a lot of the same things. And I congratulate Keith on an incredible career that got him into the Anne Arundel County Sports Hall of Fame. And he's now retired, semi-retired, yes. as we see. He's still doing some work. He's uh, For a guy that's retired, you turn up on WBAL radio quite a bit. Uh, Keith, what's up? You, do, you don't but, like retirement, but, but, but not at five o'clock in the morning, Wags, anymore. I don't have to get up at one thirty in the morning anymore. Be able to do it on my terms, which has been great. BALs allowed me to stay involved with the Ravens, and obviously Navy's allowed me to uh, to really kind of satisfy a dream of of being a small part of the athletic program, kind of like what you are, Wags. You're a pseudo. Uh, even though you have to stay neutral, and everybody at the academy loves what you've done, and you've been an unbelievable ambassador. Um, even though you've, you haven't crossed the line of integrity in terms of, of what you do uh, for the United States Naval Academy. But uh, I love every minute of semi-retirement. I highly recommend it. I hope to join you, brother. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you and I are similar in that we always had a connection to Naval Academy and our careers yeah. at some point uh, caused us to cover the Naval Academy, but we really didn't understand what it truly was all about until we got on the inside, me as a beat writer, after I succeeded Joe Gross and now you as part of the radio team. And that's where I wanted to go was with the radio broadcast because your role is sideline reporter. And that's been not possible quite uh, uh, a lot this year. Uh, road games. I don't know if many people on our broadcast realize that Keith and Pete Medhurst and Joe Miller are not, have not been at road games. They've been broadcasting from the uh, uh, Navy Marine Corps Memorial stadium Ackerson Tower Suite. Uh, well, actually, I guess you guys are in that uh, the room that where we do the interviews, right? Yeah, Jaeger yeah, Pavilion. Yeah. What has it been like, Keith? And then, uh, so I, I guess what you just told me, uh, all of us, is that you will the Navy radio team will be at Mikey Stadium. Yeah. First uh, away game uh, we've we've traveled to this year. We're driving up uh, actually tomorrow. Uh, Pete Pete uh, Pete Medhurst. Um, Joe Miller, Johnny Goldsmith, our producer, and I will be heading up tomorrow. And um, uh, we're looking forward to that, obviously. It hasn't been a real challenge for us, um, for, for us on the air away games. It's been a big challenge for Johnny Goldsmith to coordinate everything through the TV. But Joe, but Joe, Joe Miller and Pete Medhurst, two other Anne Arundel County guys, are, are, are as good as any play-by-play -play analyst team in the country, if you ask me. I my goal is to is to um, is to 
be on the air as little as possible during the games and let those two guys kind of take over. So um, uh, it, it's been a great honor being with them. But, uh, you know, uh, home games have been pretty normal. I've been on the sideline. Uh, since there are no mids in the stands, I've been able to sit, uh, stand on the temporary bleachers, like right over top of the bench. So that's helped my sight lines a little bit. But uh, looking forward to Saturday, obviously. But to be with Joe and 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 um, and uh, and Pete, who I've known for like you wags for you know 20, 25 years, and and be associated with Eric Rudin and Scott Strassmeyer, Stacy Michal, again, big thrill, great honor. So for this game, where will you be positioned, Keith? I mean, because obviously part of the sideline reporter is to kind of bring, you know, some inside access. You're down there. You see what's going on if the player's gotten hurt or if they're, you know, suddenly there's backup quarterback warming up or something. That's the whole point of a sideline reporter. Where will you be positioned for this Army-Navy game? Yeah, I will be on the sideline. I actually had to go down yesterday morning to Dahlgren Hall with the team to get a COVID test. Uh, anyone on the sideline had to get a COVID test 72 hours before the game. So I was down there yesterday getting uh, taking care of that. So I'll be on the sideline and uh, it'll be business as usual for, for what we're told is now. I uh, haven't heard any restrictions. Um, once we get on the uh, West Point campus, got to, you know, got to run through some hoops to get on campus. Uh, but once we get there, uh, I'm pretty much clear to go up and down the sideline and do and do my normal gig. Chris, anything to ask uh, Keith before we uh, before we let him go? I, I don't really have an ask. I will say I, I'm a guy that grew up in Southern Maryland, and so we had Baltimore TV, we had uh, DC TV and radio. And uh, it, every time I see you, Keith, I get a big smile on my face. Uh, you're a voice of my youth. Uh, I grew up listening to you. I grew up listening to Frank Herzog in the DC area. I grew yeah. up watching George Michael. I'm a huge fan. So, and now hearing you. Uh, a part of uh, Navy football. Uh, I, I love it. So thank you for doing what you've done. Uh, and thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, Chris, I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Hey, listen, man, I, I listen to this all the time. You guys do a tremendous job. And and I just want to say one more thing. I've been around the block, man. I've been fortunate enough to be around some really, really great managers, coaches, Buck Showalter, John Harbaugh right now, Brian Billick, um, Ted Marchabrota back in the day, Kenny Matololo and his staff at Navy. Uh, I have never, ever been around. Gary Williams is one of my mentors. Uh, I've never been around, um, and speaking specifically of Kenny, of a more polished coach, tremendous person, and true gentleman in my entire life who is open and honest. And I'll tell you what, people that follow Navy football and follow Navy athletics are lucky because that doesn't happen often. That's rare in our society today to have a program that is as transparent and as well run with great men and women involved. And uh, it is a privilege to be a part of it. Privilege to be with you guys. Very honored what you said. I also grew up listening to Frank Herzog, George Michael. We were NBC station when I started Channel 2. So, George, I worked with George and Joe Shriver and all those guys for many years. And, man, it was, it was, it was a great marriage. Thank you so much to Keith Mills and safe travels up to Mikey Stadium. And here's hoping that the uh, weather uh, holds. I, I did see some, some information today that it might be a little bit rainy up there and it's always cold. So uh, we wish Keith and the, and the group the safest of travels in the, and the warmest and most temperate of days for the Army-Navy game. So we're going to go ahead to break. So stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. 
If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at WeSingSecond. That's at WeSingSecond. Now back to the pod. We are back. We are so happy to be uh, joined on the podcast now by yet another superintendent. We're just rolling superintendents through here. We had Vice Admiral um, Carter. We had uh, Lieutenant General uh, Caslin, And now uh, the superintendent at the Naval Academy right before Admiral Carter got, got aboard, Vice Admiral retired Mike Miller. Admiral Miller is from North Dakota, was commissioned from the Naval Academy in 1974, was an S3 guy and held command on various levels, including John F. Kennedy, before becoming the superintendent, the 61st superintendent of the Naval Academy back in 2010. In retirement is still an Annapolis resident, and it's so awesome to see him around every once in a while. Admiral, thank you for joining the podcast. How are you doing? Oh, doing great, uh, John. It's great to see you and, uh, and to be a part of this podcast. I have to tell you, I mean, you think about how far we have come with Navy sports and with our ability to get the message out. And I salute you all uh, for being able to put together this podcast. It's uh, it's remarkable. I tune in, of course, so I can find out what's really going on because you all <laughs> usually get it first. I mean, Wags was a guy that told me yesterday that, you know, that Tulsa was canceled. I had no idea. You know, the, I, you know, I don't know that the people in Cincinnati knew that the game was canceled. So yeah, it's great to see you all. Yes, sir. Thank you. And um, so from your perspective as a midshipman, as a deployed sailor on many, many deployments, um, and then as the superintendent, what has this rivalry meant to you? You know, what, what are the memories that stand out to you that reinforce the importance of America's game? It's, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? It's, it's a... Um it's a bond that defies geography. Uh, uh, we are in a service that is, uh, of course, uh, a global force uh, for good. We are everywhere. And I, uh, throughout my Navy career, I missed most Army-Navy games because I was at sea overseas. I don't say that with I'm looking for sympathy. I, you know, we were very proud to serve. We always found a way to have it uh, on, either on uh, Armed Forces Radio and television service, or uh, that you know. Then once we were able to start getting television service, I think uh, one of my favorite Army Navy games was when we were. Uh, with the seventh fleet stationed in Jokoska, Japan. And of course the game comes on and I, and I think staff might've mentioned it the other day, but when he was on enterprise, but it, it, you know, it comes on at, uh, you know, two, three in the morning, we had reserved the club and we were all uh, half in a bag by the time the game came on. It was so much fun. Uh, the sun was rising in the land of the rising sun by the time the game was over. And, uh, you know, it's one of those. It's just one of those things that uh, I think, uh, especially as alums. But uh, uh, talk to Barbara. You, know, you want to talk about you know people that bleed blue and gold, uh, just as surely the families, the friends. It just it it really does. It seeps into your pores, and you you just can't. You know, it's it is something that is uh, something we all look forward to every year. So you presided over a very golden period of Navy football when you were the superintendent, you know, notching an undefeated uh, record. And I believe the commander in chief's trophy each of those years. 
Um, we just had Keith Mills on talking about, you know, what, what a great influence and what a great contribution Coach Niamatololo is to the program. Uh, fr- from your perspective as the superintendent, how, how lucky is the program with, with the coaches and with the support in the athletic department in Ricketts Hall? How lucky are they to have, to have those people around them? Yeah, well, I, of course, it starts with uh, the world's finest athletic director, Chet Gladchuck, and I give all the uh, all the credit to Chet and to John Ryan, who was the superintendent who hired him. Uh, that uh, when when Chet came and his expect to win philosophy uh, is something that's infused throughout all of our sports. Uh, football gets a lot of attention this time of year, but it, it doesn't matter whether we're playing, you know, squash or if it's cross country, you name it. Uh, when people suit up for, uh, for every one of our competitions, most especially Army Navy, uh, you're, I mean, uh, I guarantee you, if you could take their pulse levels, if you could, if you could check their, their heart rates, you would see that these, I mean, everybody's up at a level, uh, that they, had not experienced until Army Navy comes around. When Chet uh, decided to to keep uh, or to, to offer Kenny the job when uh, when Paul Johnson left, it was a that was a stroke of brilliance. And I don't know that all of us understood that at the time. We had seen Kenny as the offensive coordinator, but uh, until you really get to understand the depth of his uh, his character. Because that's what we're really teaching here is character. I mean, these are young men in this particular case for this sport that uh, many of whom haven't had those kind of role models. And uh, Coach Ken, I mean, yeah, he he doesn't swear a lot, but man, I'll tell you what, when he gets mad, you 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 don't want to be around him. He's I mean, he he can he you know he can really he can burn him up. But the uh, but but for all of that, I mean, when uh, when Ken speaks, a I will tell you, he has taught me a lot of things. One, it is hard to win, <laughs> and I want you to know that because Ken has told me that about five thousand times. Fortunately, he's told that to all of the football players as well. So, but but we love Ken and Barbara, and uh, yeah, and of course we've been here with the Jaspers going through personal trauma there. Yeah, we're uh, we're delighted with Coach Newberry. And, but you can go all the way down the line. These are, these are people that are quality folks that set the example for our midshipmen who then subsequently will take those lessons learned out to lead the fleet in a far more dangerous and a far more important game. Well, Suri, I think you just wrapped up the, uh, you know, our entire reason on this podcast of talking about the importance of the physical mission right there in one sentence. Um, Ward, over to you for uh, the next question. Well, it was good to see you. Uh, normally, we'd be talking uh, uh, on a, uh, a treadmill or a stepper at the BSC. Uh, obviously, that's not possible in the COVID environment. Um, to, to build on what you were just talking about and, and what John just mentioned, uh, and we talked to uh, Ted Carter and now you, and the superintendent billet is very specific in terms of the plates you have to spin and the crossfires you find yourself in. Um, so w- what did you learn about where NAAA fits and how it supports the physical mission that you might tell some cynical alum who claims that there's too much focus and too much money and so forth and so on? Of course, the NAAA is a unique organization established by law 
in such a fashion that Air Force and Army still are trying to catch up with the way uh, Chet runs that organization because he is masterful at it. Uh, and it has a long running track record. But the, the, the most, I think the most important thing is when we were going through sequestration, you'll recall I was a suit during that point in time and Air Force was going to fold. They weren't, they weren't going to play their game. Uh, and, uh, and we said, well, then we'll get a jet, we'll fly out, we'll, 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 get, we'll get rooms for you. We, but this, the game is that important in terms of the competitive edge that it gives our students. I mean, and, and it also teaches the, the lesson of you never, ever give up. Yes, it's, I mean, if it was easy, anybody'd be doing it. That's not the point. Uh, Navy football, Navy sports are hard. They're, diff- they're, they're challenging at so many different levels from, you know, spiritual to right down to, to just, you know, feet on the ground, burning up, uh, put, putting friction against uh, hard surfaces. And, uh, and what I came to appreciate from the NAAA is, hey, that's a, it's a tremendous value for the American taxpayers. Uh, we as alumni, uh, many of us, I certainly didn't fully appreciate it till I came back as a soup that so much of this is just, it just happens. It's magic, but it is so essential to the education of our midshipmen in terms of their competitiveness. And it's true whether you're playing in intramurals, if you're, you know, if you're in a club level sport or varsity level sport, all of those lessons learned there are going to be, you'll carry them with you for the rest of your life. And people, I mean, I trust me, I mean, you want to, you talk to a uh, soccer, intramural soccer team that went undefeated one year at the Naval Academy, all those guys still know each other and they all still remember the game. So when it comes to, to our serious 33 varsity sports, second only in the nation. Uh, now that Stanford had to back off, uh, it's Ohio State and then us. When when you get to that level, you're talking about a really difficult organization to run and to be able to do so without depending on the taxpayers to fund all of this. That's a uh, uh, that's really an accomplishment. Uh, we we all owe Chet and the NAAA a great debt for all they've done for us. Well, it's good to see you, Admiral, and I'm glad that I still see you around campus. I've spotted you at basketball games at Alumni Hall, and I'm sure that uh, when we get back, you'll be at a various athletics events. Uh, my question I wanted to ask you is that there's a lot of admirals, and not many get to become the superintendent of the Naval Academy. When you look back upon your career and all of the, what you've accomplished, where do you rank that? Because you are now part of an exclusive club. What did John say, 62 or 63 of them now? Yeah, 63. I was the 61st. And in all honesty, I mean, it is the best job in the Navy. It, the opportunity to be associated with the uh, the best and the brightest. Yeah, I, I know it sounds trite and there will be always people that are going to debate this, but you all know it. You cannot spend five minutes with a group of our midshipmen and not get motivated or not just laugh your head off over something that they have done or are planning to do in Army Navy week in specific, because there's always, there's always something going on. They're very creative people and they are encouraged because they're so many of them are, are type A's. They encouraged 
to 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 stretch themselves. So yeah, if you get Midshipman Tui, you know, Lieutenant Tui, or any of these folks, when they when they go at it, it's not just halfway. It's you know, we are as Chet says, we are all in. We're going to do it a hundred and ten percent. And so uh, for me, uh, I, I mean, I was honored to work in the White House. I was I was delighted to serve on Capitol Hill. But there's nothing like being the superintendent of the United States Naval Academy. We're going to let you go. Thank you so much for for coming on. And as and as we say farewell, um, I'll give you an opportunity to uh, to predict the outcome on Saturday. Well, I you know I I think it's going to be a little bit rainy and a little bit cold up there, and uh, and I think that we're going to be holding onto the ball real tight. And as a consequence, I think we're going to grind them down. We're going to eat the clock, and I think we're going to beat them. My guess is. 17 to, uh, to 14. Ah, a lot of guesses in that, in that area. Um, that, that gets the Chris Cervello, Jimmy the Greek nod of approval. Um, Admiral, thank you so much. And, and good luck um, navigating the rest of the winter, uh, particularly during uh, the pandemic here. And, and certainly go Navy beat Army on Saturday. Absolutely. Can't wait to get back to it. I want to see our basketball team in action. I want to see Navy sports in person. So, uh, so, and I look forward to seeing you all there as well. So go Navy beat Army. Here, here to that. All right. Thank you so much to Admiral Miller. We're going to head to break. This is Sync Second Sports. Stick around. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, please shoot us a DM at We Sing Second. That's at We Sing Second. There are a number of national and local sponsorships still available. Hey, we are back. Thank you for sticking with Sing Second Sports. Uh, we are so happy to be joined not only by a friend of the pod, but also a class of 99 graduate and also a sponsor of the pod, Nate Connor of Academy Consulting. Number one, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. And what is your one memory, the worst experience uh, about being um, our esteemed uh, producer, Chris Cervello's roommate uh, at the Naval Academy? I don't know if I could point to just one. I mean, there are there are so many memories and uh, and low points. It has really taken, at this point, tens of thousands of dollars worth of therapy to work through a lot of the things that happened in those four years. I love it. Uh, and so tell us a little bit about Academy Consulting and how you came into that role after your career, you know, um, graduating from the Naval Academy. Academy Consulting is a venture that's set up to do heavy civil construction for government entities. We've worked all throughout the continuous 48 states, everywhere from Florida to Washington State, building roads, bridges, dams, levees. A lot of our focus is on earthwork and subterranean projects, so pipe things of that nature. I got here really uh, as an opportunity to work with a lifelong friend, a guy I uh, knew from uh, from grade school. He had a, a construction company, and I was uh, exiting the, the service and um, the business world. And, and we put this together about three years ago. It's been uh, 
I think, very successful. And uh, we've finished about 20 contracts right now, a lot of them for the Department of Agriculture, U.S. Forest Service, Bureau of Land Management, United States Corps of Engineers. We've been doing a lot of levee work on the Mississippi River this year, fixing some of the flood damage from 2019. So it's been a lot of fun. So speaking of a lot of fun, um, in your four years, uh, you, you had kind of a mixture of, of really, really good and really, really bad with Naval Academy football vis-a-vis Army. What's your, what's your favorite Army-Navy game memory? Favorite Army-Navy game memory is getting the win in 97. Was fortunate enough to work for the team as an equipment manager. Uh, got to know uh, Kenny and, and IJ and RB Green and a lot of the guys that are still with the program. We had some success early on. It was a lot of fun to travel to, to Dublin, Ireland for that uh, initial Shamrock Classic. Uh, was very disappointed we didn't get to have it this year because of the uh, dumpster fire that 2020 is. I was looking forward to taking my sons over back to Dublin so they could uh, experience one. But uh, unfortunately, that'll have to wait for another year. But really, the, the crowning moment was getting that victory and singing second up at the Meadowlands in December of 97. Absolutely uh, amazing. Something I'll never forget. Yeah, so you had you had a pretty good assemblage of uh, players on that team. Uh, uh, you know, the team that eventually went to the Aloha Bowl and and duked it out with a really really good Cal team. Um, you know, Johans Omar Nelson. You know, now part of the uh, now part of the program. Um, I think he's the recruiting coordinator. Um, you know, like t- tell us a little bit about the guys on that team and why you think that team really launched them forward on on the momentum that I think they still enjoy. You know, it's interesting. I've thought about that over the years. I, um, you know, and I know they they refer to it now as a brotherhood. But even back before those teams, I think a lot of the building blocks were set with. Um, with Clint Bruce, uh, CP, Chris Pearson before that. As you mentioned, Omar, they're just, they're strong, solid guys. They're great athletes. They're committed to the program. Uh, and it was absolutely exciting to work around and be around those teams and be around those individuals who have all gone on to do absolutely amazing things in their post-academy careers. Christopher? So Nate, we've talked a lot about, and, and just what, one correction. So we were never roommates. We uh, went to prep school together and uh, I know it's all right. Don't worry about it. We'll f- Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, so we went to prep school together. We, we, um, our first army Navy game that we went to was when we were in prep school, we went down to Philadelphia in 1994 uh, and we saw an army win uh, on a last second field goal um, and really got a sense for what that game was, was going to be like, but Nate, we've talked a lot about the Navy team this year, just share some of your thoughts and, you know, COVID and all that aside, uh, what have you liked and what do you wish that they would do better uh, heading into Saturday's game? It is true that we were never roommates at the Naval Academy. However, Uh, it does not take away the tens of thousands of dollars worth of therapy. I'll I'll put it that way. (laughs) Fair point. Um, Very fair point. I think it's it's hard to separate COVID from the football season this year. Um, 
just given everything that happened, you know, I, I mentioned briefly earlier, uh, Notre Dame backing away, the cancellation of the Shamrock Classic. Uh, to me, COVID, when you think about the football season, is is one of the defining factors. Um, but also, I've, I've, I've got to say, I've been a little frustrated with the team this year. Uh, you know, I think um, Coach Ken and uh, Coach Jasper have shown that they can build the quarterback. Uh, I think one of the keys to a successful quarterback in the the triple option is the amount of reps uh, and the fact that we basically have a rotation under center just really, really reminds me of two years ago. And uh, I thought we had had moved beyond that. I thought we understood that, um, you know, picking a guy making sure he knows he's the guy and giving him the reps is, uh, is important in the offensive scheme that we run here at Navy. But uh, so I've got to say that's been one of my biggest disappointments this year. Well, I'll jump in there. And, and Kenny said today, and, and he was much more committed in the name of Xavier Arline today than he had been in any other uh, engagement with the press. And, and I think that this signals a beginning of them saying, you know what, this is where the train is, is hitched, you know, and we're going to let him lead us this year, no matter how ugly it gets on Saturday. Although I think that they won't be frightened to make a quarterback change or switch if he's struggling, but it, it definitely seems to be his team. Now, how are you going to to do the game on Saturday? Like everyone's got their own things. So, you know, shout out to Rob Hubert, uh, class of '96, who runs the best tailgate on the planet, complete with Irish car bombs at every you know bottom half and top half of the hour. But how how are you going to celebrate? You know, with your sons, considering that you had the opportunity at the beginning of the year before. Everything started crashing down. You're planning on going to Ireland. You're planning on a great year. How do you make Saturday special for you as a graduate and for your family, you know, thinking that they're future graduates? It definitely is going to be interesting this year. You know, usually uh, I look forward to heading down to the stadium here in in Philadelphia and and meeting a bunch of different people. It's interesting that you asked that. My wife was asking the same question this morning. Uh, I advised her that she needed to leave the house because they're, you know, it's really my one opportunity to uh, to get with my boys and shape those young minds. My three sons have been indoctrinated into this. Like, don't talk to dad if Villanova's down 10. Talk to him when they go on the run. Don't talk to him if Navy is down to Army. So are important lessons, John. These are important lessons. You really? have to know when daddy is in mad time. Um, you know, like it's, timing you know, it's is like- super important in life. And it's that <laughs> emotional intelligence to say, hey, maybe I need to back off in this situation. Maybe I shouldn't ask for my sippy cup to be refilled. Because- yeah, exactly. You have to know that daddy looks like he is in sports mode and, and you don't need to be around. I love you to death, but you know what? I'll get you a puppy after the game. So serious question, you know, Nate, everyone, everyone has been an athlete at the service academies. Even before I got uh, kicked out of West Point, I 
actually enjoyed the only part of my time at West Point I enjoyed was playing intramural football, which was full pads, full everything. And you got to like destroy your upper class, which was like the only time I could do something, you know, mean to them. For you, what did the physical mission at the Naval Academy do to prepare you to be a a, a great dad, a great businessman, a, a great citizen, you know, a good husband? Um, well, a great husband, like a great everything. What what did the physical mission provide you in terms of life lessons going forward? I really think it's that the regimen and the discipline. Um, I, I'm going to get real on you. You think back to the days of pep, right? And it's, it's dragging your ass out of bed in the morning, uh, before the sun rises, uh, running three or four miles there on the seawall, um, doing those calisthenics. And I've got to tell you that physical mission, uh, I think is a great stress release. Um, even now dealing with the stresses of, of parenthood and, um, business, uh, making sure that you've got that discipline every day to to get up and, and keep your body healthy. Uh, I think it helps keep your mind healthy. Um, has really served me, uh, I think, throughout my entire life. So, Chris, I'll hand it over to you. Nate, thoughts on Saturday? Does Navy have a shot? And if they do, what do they need to do? What, what do you think? They've got a shot if they can put a cl- complete game together. I don't think we've seen one yet. I think at times the defense has is, is shown that they've played very, very well. I think at times the offense has shown that they've played very, very well. Unfortunately, we don't have that synced up. I like to stay optimistic. Uh, let's just say uh, with the current spread, I, I don't think I'm going to put any money in the middle. I was looking back. If we could get the, the offense to play like they played the second half of Tulane, and the defense to play like they did against Memphis, I think we could beat most teams. Um, uh, I, I you, would agree. I right. think the uh, the Memphis game was a great game defensively all around. I think Memphis's defense played well. Our defense played well. Offensively, um, we looked all right in the, the two-lane game. For me, the questions just seem to be really around the offense. I don't think defensively we played – that poorly against Tulsa uh, last week. I thought the defense looked pretty good, which is why I keep going back to, and I'm glad to hear that um, Kenny has made a strong form uh, opinion on who's under center Saturday, because I think when it, there's a rotation there, it just throws everything out of whack for us. All of the predictions have been right in the 17 to 10, 17 to 13, 17 to 14. Nate, if you had to play Jimmy the Greek like your boy uh, Chris, what would you predict? If I had to play Jimmy the Greek, uh, unfortunately, uh, I think 21-14 Army. Totally understand that. (laughs) I don't like to say that. I hate to say that. Uh, But, um, you know, I think one of the wild cards is you never know. It's the Army-Navy game, right? So the players are going to be up. They're going to be up on both sides of the field. Uh, I think our defense is going to come out and and show fairly well. The question remains, can the offense rise to the challenge? And I think you're absolutely right. If we can go out there and maybe establish a little bit of run and, and open up some passing game, um, you know, I hope I'm wrong. 
to our esteemed producer who never gets the last word. Um, I'm going to give the last word to him here uh, as we close out our Army Week coverage, as we go into our live pregame show on Saturday. Chris, what are you looking at and, and what is your prediction? Navy within the spread. The spread right now is, depending on what site, is somewhere between five and a half and six and a half. I, I think if you want to bet Navy, if you want to bet with your heart, maybe not with your head uh, like, like Nate did. Uh, I, I'd take the, those points and, and bet. Um, I, I think it'll probably be a, a lower scoring game, just like everybody pr- predicted. I don't know that you'll even get 21 points. Um, I, I mean, I really think this is going to be a battle of uh, of defense. The last time Army played was three weeks ago. Is that is that right? Two weeks ago. So uh, they haven't played in a in a few weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks ago. So uh, um, the defenses know each other pretty well. Really, when it's been a high scoring game, it's been because Army and Navy have had phenomenal quarterbacks. Uh, I don't think that's the case this year. I mean, Army's quarterback played better against Georgia Southern in the second half, but uh, he really hasn't put together a uh, a, a knock your uh, your socks off game uh, either. So uh, I'm looking forward to the game. Like I said earlier in the week, just the fact that it's playing, that we're here is a win. It's a win for both of these schools that I think have uh, uh, played and um, led uh, very well throughout this pandemic. And for me, it, it, it's just a it's just a great day. I mean, it sucks that we won't be together. The three of us, we were at Rob Hubert's tailgater last year and uh, sat together in the game, and you know, and and we're able to hang out afterwards. But you know, we'll get to do that next year. So I'm I'm really looking forward to Saturday. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, tune in to us on Saturday. I'm sure we'll get Nate um, via Instagram Live or Twitter Live so we can all sing the alma mater second uh, yes. this year. Yes. And, um, and, and Nate, thank you so much to Academy Consulting for the sponsorship, for the support, and thank you so much for being a longtime friend of the pod and, and friend of the two of us. We, uh, we love you and we miss you. And here's to, here's to next year uh, doing it up. Like we, like we owe two games. I agree. And thank you both for everything that you do with the podcast and, and for Navy sports and keeping it out there. This wraps up army Navy week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, when we next come to you, it'll be Saturday. It'll be pregame for our sponsor and friend of the pod, Nate Connor, who we hope to see at next year's army Navy game and Chris Cervello, our intrepid producer. Um, I am John Schofield. Thank you for sticking with us during a great army Navy week daily pods. We had so much fun. We will come to you on Saturday with live updates, Instagram, Twitter, and, uh, Let's just beat the hell out of Army on Saturday. This is Sing Second Sports. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments. Thank you.